0: are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Locked On Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can get a daily dose of great information about your favorite NBA and NFL teams, which now includes the Pacers right here. My name is Tom Lewis of IndyCornrows.com, and today, for that daily dose of Pacers info, we will talk about the reactions to the season-opening win over the Mavericks as the Pacers practice on Thursday before heading out to Brooklyn for their next game. And we will also peek ahead to the Nets and see what kind of shape they are in uh, for the Pacers on Friday night. And then we'll look around the league a little bit, some notable first night performances and games to uh, see how things are going. It's always exciting when the NBA season tips off and, you know, obviously it takes several games for things to Shake out a little bit, uh, but there's always some surprises on the first round of the games, and that was definitely the case on Wednesday, and of course, on Tuesday as well, with the uh, Warriors getting pummeled by the Spurs. So, anyways, before we get going here, don't forget, you can hit me up with any comments or questions uh, via email at indiecornrose at gmail.com, and on Twitter, at indycornrose, So, uh, I'd love to hear from you. So, let's get on with the show. Now, as I've said for years, uh, no NBA win should be diminished, regardless of the circumstances, who's playing, who's not playing. Pros get paid to play on both teams, and on any given night, an NBA player can get it going and, and alter even the most lopsided matchup. Now, the matchup on opening night with the Mavs was far from lopsided, with a strong veteran lineup of the Mavs, uh, along with great coaching from Rick Carlisle, as always. So getting a W for the Pacers was a great way to start the season, taking care of home court. But one thing that sticks out for me in the uh, first game was how McMillan managed the game and adjusted his approach a couple times throughout the game. Uh, So definitely didn't appear to be uh, coach stubborn enough to stick to whatever he had mapped out and instead was was able to adjust. And, uh, you know, after practice today, he mentioned that he loved the way his team started the game. And really, I mean, you think about the first possession, Jeff T breaks down, gets in the lane, hits a rolling Miles Turner for a monster dunk, and don't think you could start the season any better than that, let alone a game with an emphatic dunk. It was uh, certainly Fieldhouse approved for sure. The, the game was played at a pretty fast pace, which is what the Pacers wanted, uh, although you know the Mavs did their best to slow it down and use their half-court sets uh, and use a lot of the clock, uh, but they did go small, and that kind of changed the way McMillan was intending to play, I believe. Uh, it also, his own team kind of altered the way he was going to play. Before the game, he made it pretty clear that Glenn Robinson III was going to be a uh, reserve wing, and while C.J. Miles would be available, uh, it was likely going to be Robinson that would be playing those reserve minutes. Now, when uh, Robinson got in the game, he did not look nearly as comfortable as he did in preseason, and you could see that, you know, just uh, like the lights are a little brighter in the playoffs than the regular season. The lights in the regular season are a little brighter than in the preseason. And Robinson just didn't quite seem ready to go. And that combined with the fact that the Mavericks decided to keep J.J. Beret on the floor with Darren Williams and, and a couple of wings and, and play small, uh, that opened up an opportunity for Pacers to play smaller. And so... Those two things combined put C.J. Miles into a bigger role for the night, and he went out, and you could tell right away he looked comfortable. Obviously, he's a pro's pro. He knows how to be ready, and he knows what it's like uh, in that situation, and and he was aggressive and let it rip. So um, that was one area where McMillan was able to alter things a little bit. Um, Also, in uh, overtime... Um and and that was one area where when when Thad Young fouled out in overtime, they went back to that small lineup and closed out the game and closed out the win with CJ on the floor. But also in overtime there were possessions where uh McMillan went through T Jeff T and then Monte Ellis trying to set up offense in the half court and uh, eventually went to Paul George and you know, maybe Paul George just grabbed the ball and <laughs> did it on his own, but Regardless, P.G. had the ball in his hands to create plays, and he did just that. He uh, he was able to score. He was also able to set, up, of course, Miles Turner for a big shot, and the pitchers were able to get over that hump at a time when they have struggled with that over the past couple of years uh, of guys kind of looking at each other. P.G. even talked about that after the game a little bit that, you know, he in, in the past years, he wouldn't have taken that ball and wanted to be the guy, being the playmaker. He would have played a role in whatever play was drawn up. But this time, uh, it was his show, and he, w- he was ready to get it done. And, you know, that was really nice to see down the stretch. Now, McMillan used a uh, smaller lineup a few times during the game, as I mentioned. Uh, one, You know, it didn't always work out. Another small lineup in the beginning of the fourth quarter with um, C.J. and Robinson, along with Teague and Stuckey and LaVoy Allen. They played about two and a half minutes and coughed up the league. They were, uh, I think, about minus five in that time and really got stuck on the offensive end trying to get decent shots up at one And you know, Teague kind of went through the lane and flipped it to LaVoy, and LaVoy flipped it back to Teague, and it was just all discombobulated. and uh, They had trouble playing together but as uh mcmillan mentioned again after practice on thursday that they were they were playing some lineups that they hadn't they hadn't worked on in in camp at all so he was happy obviously overall with what he saw and that's basically the thing was almost uh like we won that's the goal in the nba is to win games and if you're not winning you're you're People are going to be looking for you to do something different or move on down the road. And so, again, as I mentioned at the top, you're not complaining about wins um, in the NBA. And fortunately, uh, you can learn from the issues that you have and, and work on those things. But McMillan really said he you know, obviously loved how the team started, and he also loved the fight they showed in overtime to find a way to pull out the game. And um, he, he had made sure that, CJ knew he was ready, would be ready to play if he had to. Um, and he also said it, it's kind of going to be that type of year where, you know, teams go small or they go big. You know, you think about we've seen Milwaukee and Orlando, and then noticing the Knicks. There's some teams that will be pretty big and long, and the Pacers are going to have to match up with them in a different way. Against the Mavs, they went small. Pacers were able to adjust and match up, and CJ could kind of be, and hopefully Robinson third as well um, could kind of be the guy who is uh, used in in a few different positions. Uh, CJ mentioned that on Thursday as well that he he could go into any of three positions now and play. it. I found found it kind of interesting that they he both he and McMillan were talking about CJ playing the four yesterday when. Really, it seemed like PG was a guy playing the four. And, and again, as I mentioned last year, when there was all the dust-up about Paul playing the, the four, it, it's all semantics on some level. You, you know, you match up and you play. And when, when you got smaller lineups out there, the, the position isn't as critical. So if everybody's a little more comfortable saying CJ's playing the four, then, yeah, that's fine with me. I don't care. But uh, realistically having him be able to play a flexible role off the bench uh, is going to be valuable. And if he can keep knocking down those corner threes, it'll be really valuable. And exactly what that uh, reserve unit needs, that is for sure. So I would be surprised if Miles hadn't even already supplanted Robinson in, in the rotation. I imagine they'll try and get Robinson in there for, you know, some stretches, but it would be hard to imagine CJ won't be in the mix early and often in, uh, Brooklyn and Chicago, uh, over the weekend. So, uh, one other note from practice, you know, obviously there were some defensive lapses, and, um, it was, especially at the point, Jeff Teague, who admitted freely that his defense was not up to par, allowing the, uh, Mavericks guards to uh, get around him and, and utilize the pick and roll to score on him quite a bit uh, Dan Burt talked about the defense, and he wasn't discouraged by what he saw and uh, actually thought they you know adjusted pretty well to some things and he mentioned that they were doing things that the team hadn't even worked on yet, and there were other you know matchups that with for instance. Miles turned around, Harrison Barnes, which was not something that they had um, prepared for, uh, but just kind of how the game played out. So um, he said, "Here's a, a quote: The things we talked about today uh, keep building on trust, our trust in each other, building our communication, and being in the right spot, being a little tougher in our assignments." Uh, and I guess that last line may be something you could shoot at Teague as far as. Being tougher, fighting through uh, some screens and and uh, battling on that pick and roll defense. So uh, they will be moving on now to Brooklyn, and we'll take a look at the Nets this season. But first, let me take a minute to thank the Locked On Podcast Network for all the support. It's uh, been fantastic. Uh, a lot of great shows around, and and great guys who are doing shows and real supportive and I know the uh, On Colts show is uh, really good, and there's been plenty to talk, talk about with the Colts this year. On NBA, also great. Um, I know that their Western Conference and Eastern Conference previews have been a huge success, and, of course, On Fantasy Basketball. It's uh, that time of year for a little daily fantasy and also regular fantasy basketball, so um, also with On Nets, Lot on bowls for the weekend. Check them out. See what's going on with those teams, because you're going to get insight on uh, on every team, because everybody's keeping keeping tabs on the details. So check it out. Okay, on to Brooklyn, where the Pacers will face the Nets on Friday night. Uh, now the Nets still have Brook Lopez, but really we're unable to make any major moves in the offseason. season. Uh, still have no draft picks. Um, after the season, I mean, they're just really paying for past sins still uh, after overpaying for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. You know, it's kind of like having, a, having a, a bad car loan. You know, you really want to go out and buy a new car, but, you know, that that car loan, is you're upside down on the loan, so you got to uh, keep driving the clunk around for a couple of years to uh, pay that thing down. And so the flip side of that is, they have absolutely no incentive to tank games and lose. So their effort to win every night will be there. It doesn't mean they're going to win a lot, of the, a lot of those games. But again, as I mentioned at the top, they do have pros. And, uh, you know, uh, one of those guys, one of their new players is Jeremy Lin. And he may not be uh, have been consistent over the years, but as we know from when he burst on the scene and, and at other times during his career, he can certainly go off and lead a team to a win so um, they've been starting uh, they started Lopez and Jeremy Lynn Ronda Hollis Jefferson guard Bohan Bogdanovich and then Trevor Booker at power forward so really that's kind of a an old school classic lineup there with the power forward out of central casting and a big center in the middle and then a couple guards so in their opener uh, the Mets gave the Celtics a little scare. they were uh down big uh, in the second half but uh with a late run they uh made things interesting but eventually uh fell to the Celtics 122 to 117 so uh they will be looking for their first win uh when the Pacers arrive on Friday night and you know that's one thing the Pacers have to do is after you know kind of a big emotional opening night win at home can't have a letdown already in game 2 uh, when you're looking at your schedule, these are the types of games you got to win if you want to be competing for a spot near the top of the Eastern Conference, which is what their goal is. If you're thinking you can win over 50 games, this is the type of game against the Nets you got to win. you got to win these types of games. You can't uh, lose, these things, lose these types of games, which has always been kind of a bugaboo and frustrating with some of the Pacers teams over the past few years is having letdown games, emotional letdown games, and losing, you know, a game like, say, this game to the Nets, and then, you know, going out and beating the Warriors, you know, where where that should be, like, two wins, but instead it evens out because you've had a bad loss before. So avoiding some of those bad losses would be a great change this year. And with the matchup, it should work well for the Pacers to line up and, you know, work on that defensive communication and... Try and put out a bit better effort at that end, while uh, keeping the pace high and and trying to win. So tune in on Friday night to see how the Pacers fare against the Nets. Now, finally, the start of the NBA season always exciting. Uh, with so many players in different spots, and fun to see how teams begin the season, kind of their first impressions. And um, there were a lot of great games to go along with the Pacers win over the Mavericks on on Wednesday, and one couple of intriguing games I saw, uh, Houston Lakers game, James Harden was playing point guard for the Rockets uh, alongside local legend Eric Gordon uh, at the two, so Harden had a huge statistical game, 34 points, 17 assists, pretty good point guard numbers, I'd say. (laughs) EJ uh, finished with 19 points, but Harden also had seven turnovers, and the Lakers beat the Rockets, one twenty, one fourteen. 14 So the Lakers were kind of an intriguing watch as well now without Kobe. Not that they weren't fun to watch with Kobe, obviously. But they do have a lot of young players that they're letting run now. And Luke Walton earned his first win So, with the Lakers. So the Lakers will be at uh, the Fieldhouse next week. And that will be uh, an intriguing matchup as well. And, of course, with all those young guys, they also have... Metal world peace. Can't forget that. So, always interesting when he comes to town. So, um, another big game. Now, you know, Miles Turner with the 30 and 16 was, uh, got a lot of exposure for that um, around the media, highlights, internet, everywhere. But uh, his night was kind of dwarfed by Anthony Davis, who had 50 points, 16 rebounds. And uh, also, added seven steals, five assists, four blocks. I mean, that was a huge game. Um, but he, like Harden, put up the gaudy numbers in a, a loss. The Nuggets were able to get by the Pelicans, one 7 one 2 So, not a lot of help for AD, and it was a rough debut for Solomon Hill with the Pelicans. He had just two points, made only one of, of seven shots, missed all of his... All four of his three-point shots. Uh, a Rough night for for Solomon. Hopefully he'll get it going here um, once he gets comfortable in that starting role. He, that's a that's a new uh, a lot of a new expectations that he has to uh, learn to deal with. And Lance uh, Stevenson actually played 26 minutes off the bench. Quite a quite a bit of burns. So um, he sounds like he's going to be in the mix. Finished with eight points. So uh, we'll see. It's kind of a fun team to keep an eye on. Obviously, a healthy Anthony Davis is always fun to watch, but keep an eye on Solomon and Lance as well. Um, Elsewhere, Frank Vogel lost his debut as the uh, Heat beat the Magic, 108-96. And um, I think looking around, you you see a lot of good matchups around the East, and it seemed like there's a pretty broad middle. Uh, layer of teams in the NBA. I mean, you you know, you have your Warriors, your Spurs, your Cavs, probably for the Clippers in there as some elite teams. But of course, there's teams at the other end of the spectrum as well, like the Nets, as expected. Uh, But it seems like there is a real broad middle layer of teams that will be kind of battling each other and from night to night, depending upon who's playing better, is going to win the game. So, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference, uh, you think about, you know, Washington, Atlanta, Detroit, and Milwaukee, Charlotte. Uh, all the, all these teams are, from night to night, are going to be a, a tough team to play. And, you know, teams are going to have to bring their best game to get on a roll and, and try and rise above uh, that middle tier and, and be, be at least at the top, top level of that tier. And that's um, what the Pacers are trying to do is move towards those elite teams and and be among among the best of that that broad pack. So they can't do that, though, if they are not able to win games like the one they have in Brooklyn on Friday night. So it'll be great to see uh, a a first-road game as they prepare to play the Nets and then a back-to-back with the Bulls on Saturday. Um, So make sure you tune in, enjoy the game, And thanks for listening to the show today. Love to hear your thoughts on what you see Friday from the Pacers. So uh, hit me up via email at IndyCornrose at gmail.com or on Twitter at at IndyCornrose. And also, real really excited about the Reactions podcast. Thanks for listening, and please continue to spread the word as uh, our audience continues to grow. We also love to have listeners involved So, if your company wants to reach mid-age 18 to 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Our rates are reasonable, so email me at indycorneros at gmail.com to find out. And don't forget, you can find the podcast on audioboom.com. Also, subscribe to the pod on iTunes with all prior episodes available via both outlets, so check them out. Okay, that's a wrap for today. You've been listening to Loft on Pacers on the Loft on podcast network you got it. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls. Plus, one day only tomorrow, take 50% off all Old Navy active at OldDavyandOldDavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Active offer 1020 excludes in store clearance.